Amazing co-host, Dr. Angel Falzoni, the great PhD licensed mental health counselor, all that stuff. Wow. Yeah, just well, all of it. All that you are. <laughs> all right. And then tonight we get a special guest in here with we us. Do. She might say a word or two in between all the Cokes she drinks. Probably. Whoops. She drinks water oh, and water. soda. One of these is water to be healthy. Uh, oh. And the other is soda diet free. Oh, very good. <laughs> Sugar free right. is diet. So that's Nan Watson. And Nan is a regular, semi-regular on our Sunday show. You're on the radio team on that show. And we always appreciate all that you contribute. And you just happened to be in the area and stopped by the station, didn't you? I seriously was in the neighborhood and dropped by. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. We love that when some of our regular listeners uh, stop by. We've had your dad on. We've had Mm -hmm. your son on. We've had different people. We had a friend of yours, Amy, Mm -hmm. recently on. So we like that. So welcome, Nan. Thank you. And uh, we're talking about a really fun topic tonight i say fun in that if we get a handle on this kind of a topic how do you ditch the fix it's going to make your life a lot easier and more fun well yes this is a life-changing topic this is a life-changing and Mm -hmm. a lot of our topics are yes they are life-changing topics that's why we give them as homework to people when they're (laughs) going through certain things yes we do go to our website goyard2014.org and there are all kinds of series there with the names on them the topics the titles of what they are Mm -hmm. right correct so we encourage you listeners if you're dealing with certain relationship issues you're dealing with habits you're dealing with uh all kinds of stuff i don't know give me a couple examples we've done divorce parenting parenting, boundaries boundaries. (laughs) i mean gosh there's been so many shows addiction stress goals right we just worry we've got so many out there so tonight is part two of our new series how to ditch the fix we all have those fixes in our lives things that we go to when we need to Mm, de-stress or when we need to kind of escape reality or when we need to just avoid dealing with something or we're hurt emotionally so and for some people that's eating you know overeating that that makes them feel better for some people it is addictive behavior like smoking and and drugs and things like that for others it's um binge binging on something anything whatever it might be yes um it can be causing drama or getting drawing attention to yourself can be a fix for some people it can be avoidance uh, you know just avoiding what you need to do right um it can be perfectionism oh yeah yeah there's a lot of things we can use as fixes so how do we know why don't you define fix for us let's start right there as we begin again tonight this is part two of how to ditch a fit the fix yes so a fix is a negative behavior thought process or habit that we do to avoid emotional pain 
high level of stress or pressure or negative feelings in our life. Okay, so it's something we do or it's really something we do, not something we say, right? It would be but it an can action. also be a thought process too. A thought process. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like we go to Wonderland in our head or Fantasyland mm-hmm. or or whatever, right? Daydream or could absolutely, yeah. Disney right? World, you know, we call it the Disney World mentality, where okay. happily ever after exists in some in alter some, reality. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, and we talked last week a lot about video games and how this generation coming up, they have. They've really had uh, a lot of experience in kind of yes. having their video game fix that ke- keeps them out of reality and keeps them more in their own little world. And, and for some people, the problem is so significant, like they're not adulting because they're video gaming. Okay. Adulting. All yeah. right. That's a word. I didn't know that. Okay. So. Um, I'm always introducing to new vocabulary. New words. I like it. I like it. Um, we also talked last week, and I want to kind of start there tonight, relationships that we get into that are negative, but they are almost a fix for us. Why? Why wouldn't everybody, Dr. Angel, want to be in a relationship that's great and wonderful and productive and loving and kind and sweet? Well, because some people use those negative relationships as a fix, because then if I'm in this negative relationship, then I can talk about it and get sympathy and compassion from other people Uh or attention from other people. So it can be drama inducing. Sure. Right. Yes. So there are people who actually say, maybe it's not a conscious thought. I'm going to go look for the worst person that I can be with just because that's probably they're not thinking that. But it's a habit pattern of behavior. So they seem to find and are attracted to people of drama, for instance, and people that. Or even just people that treat them bad because then it makes them feel like the victim and that can they can cast blame on the other person for all the problems in their life and they don't have to deal with any of it exactly and it gives them something to tell all their 145 friends on facebook about right or Mm -hmm. to tell people nan you jump in if whenever you have a question or comment okay yeah so um victim mentality let's talk about that because um People that get a fix from being a victim. Mm-hmm. Talk about that, please. Sure. I mean, these are people who, A, cannot do not take responsibility for their own actions. So no matter what happens, they are the victim of every circumstance, okay. which the fix is their belief that life is happening to them. It's out of their control. And then they're able to, again, go to the drama. Some people are dramatic right. about sure. it or attention seeking about it or else just pushed responsibility off of them themselves so the fix is oh i've got involved with this horrible person and you would not believe what she did last night and what she did and then this happened and that happened and they've got talking points at work etc exactly right or the fix can just be i'm with this horrible person and they're the ones that are bad not me right yeah Exactly. And I don't know how I keep finding these kind of people in my life. Right? All I want is love. Yes. All I want is love. Yeah. That, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. I think you've heard that before. Uh-huh. A couple times? Uh-huh. I know I have. Yeah. <laughs> Many times. Um, we, we kind of stopped here last week. All fixes have one thing in common. What is it? Well, they give us some sort of payoff or benefit in our okay. life. Okay. All right. Talk well, about that. At least we believe they do. All right. 
So um, if I'm super hungry and I I want to eat and I want to eat something not good for me, but I am just like stressed that day and I think this is going to make me feel better, I'm just going to eat those three candy bars. I yes. really am going to because I'll feel better after that. Yeah, I don't have a sugar high and blah, blah. That's a fix. That's a fix. And there's your payoff. You know, a lot of times the payoff can be we believe it's taking away the bad emotion or we believe it's managing our stress or we believe it's, you know, helping us deal with whatever we have to deal with that's difficult. Yeah, and that's what, that's hard for people to get rid of fixes in their lives because they feel like they're doing something positive for them, right? Right. They think it's helping this right. bad problem that they right. have going on or all this stress that they have going on. Um, I think I've seen people through the years, maybe you have too, that sink into depression and then it's hard to get out of that yes. perhaps. And so they eventually develop a fix that causes them kind of helps them come out of that whether that is some relationship that causes drama or whatever the case may yes. be right yeah the fix really isn't fixing it but they we we believe it's fixing it and i'm right. gonna say we because i think every one of us has some fix that we use that's not helpful sure. for us speak for yourself speak for yourself oh, ha, ha. okay okay so there's a payoff there's a benefit there's and a that's benefit. why we have these fixes in our lives how do we identify a fix i mean if somebody's uh, out in the audience and goes well i don't think i have any fixes i don't even know what you're talking about really what would you well i would boil say it down make it clearer for nan and me Sure. It's your go-to when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel a pressure of a lot of stress, when negative feelings are coming up. It's what What do you go to? What do you do? Okay. For some people, that is smoking a cigarette. Sure. And sometimes it can be like a whole pack all day, right? Or, what, or more than that mm-hmm. because they're constantly trying to get that little... That yes. little uh, nicotine boost or whatever. For other people, it can be getting on the phone or talking to 95 of their closest friends, right? Mm-hmm. Or it can be... Repeating like we, their story of woe. Yes. That, <laughs> repeating their story of woe. We definitely hear that. Um, and like you said, it can be the eating. It can be... I mean, some people even use over-exercise as a fix. And, you know, an exercise okay. can be a positive thing, but when we overdo yeah. anything... Yeah. It's a problem. Right. So it's it's an abuse of something in yes. a way, isn't it? Yes. A fix? Yeah, it's a substitute. We're using this thing because we don't want to deal with this, this, this right. other part. So what makes humans so have such a hard time dealing with reality? I mean, we've had this boom in the last several years on TV of reality shows, but in a way it's those are all canned for the most part. Oh, yeah. They're Those scripted. are really not reality, reality not true reality. No. These are, okay, do this, break up with him, do that. Yeah, call him a bad name and blah, blah, blah for TV, right? right? So it's almost like we have conditioned ourselves to believe that life needs a lot of drama, a lot of excitement a lot of right if you watch those reality shows like i mean even like the simple ones like the home improvement shows there's always this dramatic climax in the middle i know you know the repairs are going to cost a hundred thousand more oh okay then they resolve it and life is good like yes they all are scripted in that when one of my grandsons was here recently he's kind of stuck on the that those repair shows and so we started watching and we watched like seven or eight in a row 
And then we started laughing. We knew exactly what was coming after even the first couple. We knew, ah, okay, so somebody, something's not going to go right here. And, and, you know, oh, we got into more problems than we thought. It's the same script over and over same again. Same script. But we find ourselves drawn to this over and over and over. So, okay, so go ahead. Well, it's, it's a shame when we have those fixes in our life because what we're doing is we're avoiding dealing with what we need to deal with. Exactly. Is, is what you guys have already been saying. You know, and you know, you need to, if you can come head on, whether it's with counseling or however you do it, come on and head on with whatever that you're facing with or dealing with, you, you get healed from that and you move on and you don't have crazy fixes that you're using to try to fix it because it's not there anymore because you've learned how to cope with it. I mean, so, like for myself, I, I've been in counseling right. in my life, you know, sure. at previous times. And I mean, I reached out for that counseling because I needed help. Right. And I recognized I needed help. Right. So rather than running to air all my friends on Facebook, rather than running my mouth to everybody about everything, I went to my counselor. And I'd run my mouth to her, and she exactly. would listen to me, and she would give guidance and direction. She didn't tell me what to think or do, but she'd give me guidance and direction, and the counseling proved to be very fruitful for me because it got me through what I was going through. But it caused you, put you on the spot, usually, as a good counselor does, I oh, think. Yes. Put you on the spot. Let's take a look at this. Have you thought about looking mm-hmm. at it this way, right? Yes. But for a person that goes to counseling, because I've done pastoral counseling for many years, I don't have Dr. Angel's credentials, but on, on the practical aspect that I've been involved in for years, people like to avoid what is really going on and get over here on a tangent and take you down some rabbit trail so they can talk about that. And, well, you believe what she did, blah, 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 get you over there and, and not really allow the counselor to to really deal with the real issue. Do you know what I'm talking about, Nan? I do. Um, it's interesting you should say that. It, it, it came to mind. But I went to my counselor, then didn't, and then went back for a little bit, and then didn't. And then when I went back, because uh, I had a um, tragic thing happen in my life, and I went back to her to help me deal with that. Sure. Um, she said, now, you know, you've always avoided us doing this. And she was, t- <laughs> it was like, oh, I think she says, you would quit coming to me right about when we were at this particular point dealing with this particular issue. I'm like, oh. But <laughs> really? she pointed it out. She pointed it out, and, and did it was you true. accept that? I as, did, because it was correction. true. Absolutely. All right, let's hear to the, the expert here. Because I think, Dr. Angel, this is a common problem in counseling. Oh, it sure is. And, and, and again, I admit, my pastoral counseling is not with uh, the credentials you have. But I've seen this very thing Nan's talking about over and over again. Talk to us. Well, and what happens is as soon as in the counseling process, it gets a little uncomfortable. As soon as there's like feelings, like really uncomfortable feelings or scary feelings, it's like we want to stop that immediately. We can't look at it. We can't feel it. We can't deal with it put a fire somewhere else and move in and avoid it. And that's, you know, you asked, how do we become a culture of using fixes? We're a culture that is trained to avoid pain at any and all costs. That's it right there. Avoid pain at any cost. I mean, right? how many, I mean, one of the biggest addictions there is, is to pain medication. Well, there you go. Right. Yeah. You know, alcohol takes away, they use it for pain. I mean, we are just trained as a culture that pain is bad, and pain is not bad. No, pain is not bad. 
You know, it's our body's way of warning us something's wrong and that we need to deal with it right now. May mean we need to get off our feet for a day or so and rest. It may yes. mean that we need to read a good book and get our mind off of other things that are causing the stress that's causing the pain to get worse, etc. Or may mean headaches, that there's something headaches. we need to talk about and get it out and purge. But we are trained as a culture to just nope if there's any bit of pain, any bit, you know, we have to just make it stop and go away. You said something last week that I wrote down, and I'm going to bring it back up right now. Nan may want to comment on it, too. You said, if we can't be enough in ourselves, we can never be enough for someone else. True. So apply that to this pain thing, because so often, instead of dealing with our own issues, we want to redirect all of our emotional, let's talk about emotional pain, we want to redirect all that emotional pain onto the faults of someone else, right? Sure. Uh, and and this, your sentence, if we can't be enough in ourselves, we can never be enough for someone else. Talk about that, how, wow. that, all, how that goes together. Well, it, and it does. You didn't know I wrote your quote, right? I did not know, but... Well, I better put quotes right here from Dr. <laughs> Angel on my paper. Okay. No, because first of all, we have to be enough and comfortable with who we are to have healthy relationships. So that's sure. how it deals in relationships. But when we're talking about dealing with our pain, if I can't look at my pain and deal with my pain, then going and blaming all over, we can only control ourselves. Right. So we have to want to be healthy and to be healthy means we have to deal with pain when it comes up. And so if we can't deal with our pain, what most people want to do is go get in someone else's drama and try and fix them. Exactly. Or blame everyone else. That's Those are the two most common things I see. So that's where we see people getting in this codependency that we talked oh, about last yes. week. Yes. I, mean, I think you need to bring that up again and just define it and, be, and not go into as much detail as we did last week. But it's a big part of this fix. It codependency. Really is. You know, and codependency is that be a relationship in which one person is enabling another person to live a non healthy life in some fashion. And so they're constantly Explain trying to enabling to our listening audience. So they're trying to fix. They're trying to always fix somebody else. They're okay. trying to make And that can be their fix. That's their fix, trying to their fix, fix other is, people. I am fixing other people. But I'm fixing other people because I am not willing to deal with, with mine stuff. So stuff. I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. My stuff isn't important enough to deal with. I don't want to deal with it, but I'm gonna go over there and fix everyone else. And that that makes me feel good. It makes me feel better about who I am. So there there's your payoff. Mm-hmm. But they're unhealthy, and they're hurting each other. Right. When a person goes to a counselor, they they so often, it's been my experience through the years, really want to redirect the conversation off of, the, especially if the counselor hits the button, oh, whatever yes. the button is, you know. Ha, ha, so this is what's going on. How do you handle da-da-da-da-da? And then so often, it's redirect, redirect, redirect. to something else. Right. Yes, because they aren't willing, because it's painful or it's it's triggering something and they don't want to go through. But that's just it. When we have pain and we have all this overwhelm or pressure or negative feelings or emotional stress, we need to stay in that moment and go through it to heal it. Exactly. We have to go through it. We started to talk about this last week, and I want you to really go into more detail. Trigger, behavior, reward. Okay. What is all that? How do we how do we tend to use fixes? We tend to use them 
so that we benefit from this, right? So the fix is, I mean, if the fix is going to make you sick, generally speaking, most people would walk away from that fix, right? Well, depends on depends. what. Depends on what, if there's a reward before they get sick. Okay. All right. Like a nicotine high sure. Or, sure. or a drug a drug high or whatever, right. right? Right. Okay, so talk about this trigger and the behavior and the reward. Sure. And so that's kind of the cycle, this trigger, behavior, reward, is the cycle that keeps us in the fixed cycle. That's what feeds it. So the trigger is what's happened that's making us feel like we need to do this fix, which is the behavior. Okay. And then what's the reward is the payoff we get from doing it. So is it making us feel like the stress has gone away or it's, you know, we're avoiding it or burying it or whatever we're doing with it? That's that's to pay off of it. And so every time we're triggered, we go to this fixed behavior, this behavior whatever which gives this us is. this reward, or, you know, reward, which in turn, this reward is reinforcing us to be unhealthy. Okay, I wanted you to talk about that and how this is in really is a part of the victim mentality in so many people's lives as soon as we come back from this break. Okay. We're glad you're listening to Go Yard right now. And our special guest today is Nan. Voices in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up Am I more than just the sum of every high and Again, just who I am because I need to know. Professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is the Tantalk Radio Network. you pick that song well you know because i think i like it i love by lauren daigle right yes i love that you say because we so often 
these negative messages that we tell ourselves become part of our fixes. Yes. Right. So we tell ourselves, oh, you you stupid. You always mess up. Right. Right. Exactly. Or something's wrong with you. Or everybody thinks you're crazy. Right. You know, you're never succeeded anything, right? And a lot of times, don't you think those fixes were embedded in us, perhaps, perhaps, at a younger age? Sure, we might have had be. a parent that was constantly saying those kinds of things. Sure. So those, that's a familiar pattern to us. Mm-hmm. So we adopt that. We do in adult life, right? But just because we might feel that way doesn't mean it's true. You right. know, and so we need to hear those positive messages. Okay, so how can the victim, I want you to identify that because that's so much a part of this concept here. How does how does a victim mentality work? What does it mean? Can you define it? How does it apply here? Sure. So when I hear victim mentality, it's a person who is constantly putting themselves in a situation or creating a situation in which they are the victim or the perceived victim. So when they tell their perspective, it's, the other person has wronged them and everything is what's happened to them someone else's fault which means makes it out of their control and therefore well they can't change that because they're the victim it's the other person who's bad okay so they're projecting the bad syndrome on whatever else around them right so they do not take responsibility for any of their actions that could have contributed to these situations. Okay. You want to comment on any of that, Nan? Well, what came to mind was actually my ex-husband. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> okay. okay. Just keep his his name out. Oh, I'd never say his name. Um, no, I was what brought me back to something. He he came home one day and um, he started telling me about he he's a uh, he's in the construction business and. Um, he complained about someone who was supervising and telling me about all this stuff he did, blah, 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 blah. And in the next frame of this conversation, it's like he was telling me about the engineer and the architect who he had to argue it out with them to show them why their drawings were wrong. It was like he was like filling in between, indicating in between you know, the, the, all these other people were at fault of whatever's going right. on. So, he but, didn't accept the responsibility of his own self. He's jumping on the lower guy and arguing with the bigger guys. Okay. Does that apply? Sure. You know, and that's setting themselves Thanks. up. <laughs> you know, that's he's setting himself up to be able to blame other people right. and to not have to take responsibility. And that's where that victim, that's the payoff for victims is I don't have to take responsibility. I don't have to do anything about it because it's I'm not okay, the problem. Okay, so what's the fix there then? What's the fix that they walk away scot-free from it yes. and blame everybody else yes. right they walk away and so that makes them feel good oh everything just keeps happening to me it's all me right right but it's not because i've caused anything or it's not because i've done, i haven't done anything to contribute to it's just all these people around me are terrible right okay you know and so those, uh, we all know people like that sure. i've known people like that for years and the right. payoff is a i don't have to take responsibility for anything sure. and b i get a lot of uh, attention, attention and I get a attention. lot of compassion but poor you oh I can't believe that they would do that to you kind of responses which yeah, exactly feed into making us feel better which relieves the negative feeling or experience or stress that we're trying to get rid so of. So it soothes the the person because mm-hmm. they they feel yeah okay so 
it with this victim mentality how do you identify it if you're a listener out there and you go well is that me i don't know how do you would you identify that how would you deal with it well you can identify it if when you look at your struggles when you look at your relationships if you're always the innocent party (laughs) (laughs) you are probably in a victim mentality if you feel like all these bad things are happening to you you're probably in the victim mentality so if you're never saying you believe how i blew this situation at work right if you can never say that something like i messed up here Right. Take responsibility. Well, yes, because even when, you know, I've done a lot of marriage counseling and I, you know, even when somebody's in an abusive relationship, a lot of times they can even see where they might have, not that they've caused it, but they might have contributed, like not, didn't use their words or accepted being treated for less than they should have been or didn't leave when they had opportunities. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they'll even be able to see that contribution to how this relationship kind of kept growing out of hand. And even when they really truly are the victim of what's happening. Mm-hmm. So when somebody can never find a fault in their struggles of life, there, there's some victim stuff happening in that. Okay. And so the fix here is that the the attention, the whatever, and they never have to face anything. Right. It takes away the bad feelings because it makes them feel they're innocent. Right. Okay. And fixes form through repetition, right? Yes, they do. So you want to talk about that. So, so that's how habits are formed. Well, like, yeah. Right. An so, addiction to whatever. Right. So the more that we repeat something, the more it's refor- reinforced the more that we keep doing it, it becomes a habit. It becomes automatic in our brain. So before long, you're not even thinking about it. Like stress comes or bad feeling comes in. Oop, got my fix. Oop, run into my fix. Like you're not even consciously thinking about it. Right. So, and that can be the same with food, with any kind of drug or whatever. Yeah, whatever your fix is. Okay. It becomes that habit. You keep repeating it. It becomes a habit, which makes why it's hard to break because breaking a habit cycle takes a lot of effort. And is it true or is it just, uh, we hear it sometimes, it takes a good 21 days to form a new habit? Mm-hmm. That's true, but it can take a longer. Lot longer. Sure, depends <laughs> right. on how strong that habit was. Right, exactly. Yes. And you get it, it, it starts with identifying that you have a fix in your life, right? Yes. That you, this is what you always go to. When anything happens, you go to this set of behaviors or thinking process or whatever. Correct. Correct. You know, like I was sitting in counseling room just the other day with somebody and, you know, as soon as they get too much stress, they automatically go, their fixes think they put themselves down. So they think they're a bad person. Now, that's why this is stress is happening, because I'm a bad person. They're stuck in a, a bad thinking. And that's their fix. So. Right. Even though it's a negative fix. Even though it's a negative fix, it still makes them have some element of control over some of the things that or going on and that's part of their fix so breaking that thinking process is right. taking time it does take time to break the fix yeah does it not yes but the first step i think is identifying that there is one sure that's always a first step always yeah. always yeah. always okay uh people that continually feel sorry for themselves is mm-hmm. that the same thing as a victim mentality or is there a little bit difference there well i think it can be a little bit different okay Absolutely. Because, you know, you can feel sorry for yourself and not always feel like you're a victim. Right. You can feel sorry by thinking, gosh, I always walk into the wrong situation or I always make poor choices. I'm feeling sorry that what I'm doing, but Doesn't I'm not mean being you're a victim. Necessarily the victim. Okay. 
Okay, so we need the fix, whatever it is, because we want life to be better. True. Right, and that's the lie we bought. But that, yeah, I was starting to say the very thing. Sorry, so your you words. did. We bought that lie that if we can just find the proper fix for it, right, we'll be okay. It's gonna go away. It'll go it's away. Go away. And you know, depending on the fix, it what we have to deal with, it doesn't go away, but we can bury it deep enough to believe it's gone away. And sometimes we have to keep using the fix more and more and more and more to keep it buried, which is how drugs and alcohol really can become such an addiction. Because as soon as that drug or alcohol wears off, those negative feelings might start surfacing. So what do I need? more drugs or alcohol to get it back away. Okay, let me ask you this. How can an outburst of anger uh, habit be a fix? Oh, wow. Sure, because you are, well, again, I've known people like this for years, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. You are projecting your feelings onto someone or something else. And, you know, when you release a lot of anger, I mean, there's chemicals and stuff that's happening in your body and your brain, and they might make them feel better. Yeah. So it becomes a fix. It becomes a fix. Because mm-hmm. it seems like people, some people are just so eager to find something to be mad about. Oh, my goodness. It's That's so my true. Point. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to talk about that? I do. I, I, <laughs> how could you tell? By the way, we're glad Nan's with us well, tonight. I am glad to be here today. Um, you know, you're talking about anger. It, uh, you guys haven't known me during that period of my life. But there was a period of my life that I suffered with great anger issues. Okay. And I no, mean, I'm I, glad we didn't know you then. Because <laughs> you're the sweet Nan that there we all go. love. So I mean, you're I, telling us there was another Nan? There was another Nan. And I wouldn't on the radio say shows tell some of the stuff i did but just in general i mean it was really bad you know the anger and i would strike out at people and strike out at even innocent people you know just and that was just something that there again counseling helped me Mm -hmm. to recognize that this is not acceptable behavior at all you know even if you're wrong it's still not acceptable behavior there are other ways of dealing with situations other than yelling and screaming you know because then you don't get anything you don't get anywhere when you do that okay but what's the fix what was the fix for you when you would go postal i felt i was in control Ooh, there you go yeah and so people didn't want to hear your anger so they cowered they gave in to you Yes. I mean, some people I'd strike out I didn't even know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it was just, yeah, they, they would they would tr- tread around me softly because they didn't ever know when I was going to go off. I'm so glad we brought our star witness here for this uh, <laughs> show, am, right? Yeah. And, and that wasn't even planned, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so they would walk lightly, tread lightly, because they didn't want to be the victim of your wrath or the object of your wrath. Correct. Right? Yes. Did you know they were doing that? No. I was so caught up in what I was doing, I didn't pay attention to what they did. But I, but you, it did work. <laughs> what was, you, know. you believed your anger was justified, Absolutely right? it was. What was the payoff to you with this, these outbursts of anger? Just feel in control. Wow. To control, to control the situations, to control the people in my life. I mean, it got really bad. Well, did people, any people, I'm just curious, walk away from you? Not... No, it was basically family members I struck at a lot. You know, okay. um, there were, you know, no, not really. No, not really. 
Wow. I mean, you know, when your family, you know, they love you. They don't like the behavior. They don't like the actions. They don't like what you're doing. Yet they still love you, mm-hmm. you know, and they could actually split that feeling of love from, you know, that they, they still loved me, but it just, you know. They didn't like you so much. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Angel. Yes. Okay. So when you began to get a handle on this, how did your life change? And are you saying you got a handle on it through counseling? Uh, that's exactly where I got a handle on it through. Okay. Um, did it had to be shown to you, pointed out to you? Yes. And see, I was very honest. That's another thing. You have to be honest with your counselor. Yes. If you're not honest with oh, your that's, counselor, that's huge. It doesn't, do, it doesn't help you at all. And I was, yes. very, I was very vulnerable, and I made myself vulnerable and clear, transparent to her so she could see what was happening so she could really help me. Okay, so you came to a point in your life where you realized, okay, this is not acceptable behavior. I got to get help. That's correct. Okay. And then you were honest and said, here's what happens, and here's what I do, and here's what I say, right? Yes. And, and I, knowing you, the number of years I've known you, which is, I don't even know how About many 10. now, 10, mm-hmm. I have, that would be one thing that if I had to describe you uh, at your funeral, I, <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, we're moving quite well there, man. <laughs> I'm teasing. But you know what? I would describe you as an honest person, man. Right. You're a friend of mine. You mm-hmm. are honest. I can if I say well, how do you feel about this, I can count on you telling me the truth. Yes. I don't I can't even think of an instance where you have beat around the bush and told me what I wanted to hear. I no, in never. fact sometimes I would rather you tell me what I want to hear is <laughs> <laughs> You know that that reminds something happened one time I had a, a car repair on my car and then we noticed something else was wrong but bottom line they they dad my father took it back and said this is not fixed properly and they said oh well, she must have hit a curb you know did she hit a curb you would have thrown it off and he says one thing i can tell you about my daughter you may not like what she has to say but she will speak the truth she told me she did not so she did not and that's great. but And that's great. And I think you have that reputation among our friends and church members and stuff like that, too, as being very honest. And, and I think that's critical, Dr. Angel, when it comes to people actually getting help from the fixes in their lives and learning to ditch the fix. they got to be honest yes. and see themselves for what is going on, yes. right? Yes, you have to be honest, and that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves in the counseling room is that people will come to counseling because they recognize that they need help, but then they aren't honest, and that's like the safest place in the world to be honest, but you have to be honest to really work it. Otherwise, you're just playing a game and you're wasting everyone's time. Right. And so why do they think it's okay to not be honest? I do not know why they think it's okay, but there are quite a few people that are, you know, not honest in counseling. And, you know, it's, it's not helpful. It's not going to get you anywhere. It's Well, do they want to look a certain way like they're healthy? They might. A lot of times people can, you know, even in counseling, a lot of times you'll have people who fake like they're really healthy or people who are faking like they're really not healthy. And so finding people's truths can be quite challenging because they have some kind of other agenda. Right. Right. Okay. So I like that point, Nan, that you made. And when you finally got honest with yourself and realized, okay, this is not okay behavior. Right? Yes. You had asked how life got. Life got, if you will, simpler for me. Um, Once I worked through those anger issues and was on the other side of that, um, life was a lot better. (laughs) You know, I mean, my 
parents didn't need to cringe and wonder when I was going to go off. You know, right. um, or friends that I was with wouldn't wonder when I was going to go off and chase some lady who stole the parking space to explain to her that she wasn't supposed to do that. You know, so friends were able to. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. I know. No, I don't do that We've now. We've seen but that no, in movies, what happens, uh, yeah. you know. But no, I mean, it. it Life became simpler. I mean, when okay. you're real with yourself. I like that. When you're honest to yourself, when you're honest to your counselor. I, I mean, Angel, I double back you on that one. When you're honest to your counselor and you work through these things and you, you get rid of these fixes in your life that are negative, you know, whatever's happening, it, it's life is simpler. It's like seeing the dawn of a brand new day. True, because wow. you get through and then you have peace. Right. Well, isn't the gold peace anyway? Yes. Yes. And so people that think that if they can keep trouble stirred that they're somehow that's a fix for them and they feel better, but but that chaos does not ever feel better, does it, Nan? No. No. No, it doesn't. Peace far outweighs that. Yeah, far outweighs. Yeah, but now when you have chaos, what is it doing physiologically to our body? Well, I think you need to bring that right. up. Right. So Doctor. chaos is releasing you know, the adrenaline and the cortisol and those hormones that make us kind of feel sometimes even euphoric. So it's drowning out the negative. If it's disappointment, fear, anxiety, failure, stress, or emotional pain in some way, it's drowning that out. So they keep stirring the chaos all the time, just like the drug addict keeps using the drug well, or the Well, that alcohol. would be their fix, right? Because right, it's releasing physiologically Hormones that drown that make that pain. them feel ah, right. wired and feel right. better for a moment, right? Yes, yes. Right. Until they have to stir the next pot. Yep, yep. I so, somebody on the phone. Cool. All right. Sorry, Tommy. I wasn't looking. I was just talking. All right, caller. You're on the air. Talk to us. <laughs> I am married to a bipolar person that loves alcohol. Okay. And I enjoy it with him because it makes me forget his psycho episodes. Right. And I am highly addicted. Right. To alcohol because I want to forget. Like, life is hard. I'm raising kids. Right. And too? Yeah. It's, that is so, very hard. Yes. And I live in a cold place. <laughs> and no one wants to live in a cold place. Oh, well, if you live in a cold place, that's hard. <laughs> and Dr. Angel, you want to address? Go ahead. Well, addressing it is that, you know, utilizing the alcohol is not making life easier. It's not making the problem go away. It's not making the pain go away. It's just making you not deal with it now. But it will catch up, and you need to deal with it to get through and not have it. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, I mean, deal is that something now? you're working on at all? No. Um, I don't know who, which one I'm speaking with, but I'm going to say, Mama, I I don't know what I'm doing. I know I'm doing wrong. Like, in my heart, I'm doing everything wrong. But I'm just trying to numb it. I'm like, it's hard to live yeah. with someone that's bipolar and is screwed up all the time, and their feelings are all over the place. And they love alcohol, and they want you to drink every time they drink. And, wow. you know, I just can't improve myself in this situation at all. Go ahead, Doctor. Well, you know, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of things going on there. But, you know, and first and foremost, 
you have to take control over your own actions and decide what if you want to make those improvements and how you can and you know living with somebody who has um, bipolar disorder you mean they definitely need to be regulated on medications and needs to be something that they're taking consistently to help regulate those moods so they are more stable Um, but utilizing alcohol with bipolar disorder can make those moods a lot worse so it's actually can be growing the problem yeah wow well, we're just going to pray that you are you begin to take uh, some action there in your situation. So we appreciate you calling in, and uh, thank you for your input. And I hear what I hear you saying, Doctor Angel, is that she needs to start with herself. Yes. Not try to fix the situation. No. Nope. Start with you. Start with you. That's what you can control. Is you get to a meeting, get to an AA meeting. They're fantastic, and start with you. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. So going on to address, never said that working through the fixes is easy. It is always going to be hard because it's the thing that brings you comfort right. and takes away the hard for you. Yes. So it doesn't matter what your fix is. It's going to be challenging to do it. So you have to be dedicated to it. Right. And you can't help somebody else with their fix. Well, and that and that respond to the caller just right. then. You want to address that yes. more fully because that is the the thing we've got to be very aware of. Yes, we can only work on our own fix. You have to be motivated, dedicated, truthful and willing to do the work. Someone else may not be at that point hey, for themselves. Say those four things again. I'm not going to remember what I motivated, just said. Motivated, dedicated, truthful, full, and willing to do the work. And willing to do Thank the work. You. That's excellent. One more time. We'll see if you can remember them. Motivated, dedicated, truthful, and willing to do the work. But the, all that is very true. And I know that just came off the top of your head. It did, but, it but was you excellent. have to be That's that right. way. You have to. And so someone else may not see where their fix is hurting their life or holding them back or, you know, keeping them kind of stuck in a pit you right. know and so once you see it for yourself then you have decision to make am I ready to ditch this fix am I ready to start putting in the work and doing what I need to for me and nobody can make anybody do this no I mean cannot. it's like the light bulb has to come on individually Nan let's go back to you on that when you came to a point you realized that the outbursts of anger were not helping your case with those in your life that you cared about. Well, part of mine also, I had a minor child at the time. He's now 28. Okay. And I started realizing that I was not parenting properly. How did you realize that? People pointed out? People pointed out. Okay. In a good moment. (laughs) Okay. Not an anger moment. (laughs) In a good moment. You know, and I just realized, I mean, I just knew. You know, my son is seeing me do stupid stuff once in a while. Mostly it was when he was not with me. So I did have control there. Again, I had control over it. I wouldn't do a lot of it when he was around me. Was alcohol involved with this too? No. Okay. No, no, no alcohol. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So when we begin to see the light, quote, unquote, Dr. Angel, for those mm-hmm. out there, maybe this lady who just called in, when we begin to be aware that, hey, we are stuck in a, like a vortex. We just keep going around and around merry go round, right? merry go round. Keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. There's your definition which of, course, right, for insanity. Of, exactly. So talk to us. Talk to you. We've only got four or five minutes. So I talk to us about kind of what we've been talking about that i think if you would start with the seriousness of this topic 
Well, I believe this topic is extremely serious because I think this is one of those things that keeps us held back. Um, we're kind of on hostage to our fix. You know, we we bow down to our fix. We let it control our lives because it's the thing that takes the bad away, at least we think it does. And it causes us a lot of problems because we have this fix, It's we struggle to move to where we want to in life. And so then the longer we have it, the more we start to feel anxious or depressed or like we're just, what's our purpose? Like we start really getting ourselves feeling hopeless. And these fixes, I mean, not only can they cause health problems and relationship problems and like there's just, there's nothing good coming from it. Yeah, except for a momentary that release that you relief, get in the moment. Right, right. Yes. But the bad outweighs the good is what I think we're saying in this series, right? True. To maintain the fix is only going to end up in a bad situation. It's not going to result in it and you being a better person and more in control of your life. Right, Nan? If you were still doing that behavior now, 20 years ago, like you were 25 years ago, what would your life look like now? It'd be a mess. <laughs> Y'all wouldn't like me. <laughs> we wouldn't like you. You would not be one of our close friends. No, no I wouldn't. <laughs> no, why? Why wouldn't we like you? When you strike out with anger, I mean, that's a, that's a really bad thing to do. you know. And you may say all kind of things that you really in your heart don't mean. But once you've spoken those words out of your mouth, they can't be taken back. And they can do the harm on people. And that's what you began to realize. Yes, Wow, that's that's profound. I, I mean, you really came here on a good night because honestly, that is very very practical insights. Yes, that, I mean that you're you're sharing. Anything else you wanted to say on that? No. Okay, doctor, go ahead. Wrap. Well, while wrapping it up, you know, one of the things I want to address too is that sometimes when we have fix, we share a fix with somebody else, which makes it even doubly a problem because we're feeding each other's fixes. So, like if it's alcohol or drugs like the, or the spending, I mean, right. I, I have a couple right now that they both have a fix of just going and buying anything and everything when they're emotionally upset. And now they're in so much debt, they're it's hurting and tearing apart their marriage whatever if you have a shared fix that is a very big challenge because now you have somebody feeding it when you're trying to stop it or change it or learn to do it right. different and so sometimes it takes separating yourself from that person you have that shared fix or when they are going into their fix you go do something totally you have to different leave. right Right. Go. I think about that with overeating because I've seen so many couples through the years. You mm -hmm. see them in restaurants sometimes, both of them like over 300 pounds. And you think, okay, this is what they do. Right. This is fix. their thing. You know, they go out to and they overeat. Right. So you have to have a plan to even deal with that temptation because it's an extra temptation not only do you have the habit of it now you have somebody else kind of drawing you in or tempting you to do it but you still have power and control over yourself and i think we need to get back to that point as we wrap up the show tonight part two of how to ditch the fix is that you and you alone are able to fix this yes, and you have the power fix that's not i mean to to solve this yes you have the power Wow, you got about one more minute. One more minute. Well, I think we have really laid out a lot for this show. Yeah, but we I have. wanted to kind of go back over that, you know, that trigger 
behavior reward because your right. fix always has there's a trigger that causes you to go to this fixed behavior and you have some reward which is probably one of the lies that you are it's making you feel connected to something or someone or it's taking away bad feelings or stress or it's making you feel be better about who you are right. those are some of those lies some of those lies it. and that would be the reward from mm -hmm. that all right, part three of how to ditch the fix is coming up next week, and you don't want to miss it. We always encourage you to go to our website, goyard2014.org. It's an ORG website, and we have tons of shows there because we've been on the air five years plus on this show. So go there, goyard2014, that's the year we began, .org, and check out our series I don't know who you are. I know who she is. She's Nan Watson. Thanks for joining us tonight. Who are you? I'm Dr. Angel. Oh, that's who you are. And I'm Mama Mac, and this is Go Yard. We'll see you next week. Good night. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.